everyone and welcome to the show. This is episode number 93 of Pop Culturally Deprived and today we're going to be talking about Hocus Pocus on your Amuck 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 podcast. I'm Andy Kay. And I'm Matthew Vose. This week we are joined by Catherine Vose. The- Hi everyone. The co-host of Worth the Calories, a great British Bake Off podcast. And if we've timed this with any sort of prediction, uh, the final of this year's Bake Off should be happening this week. And our last episode should be coming out this week, so go check us out. Exciting times. It is a wonderful podcast and you're an amazing host. Obviously. (laughs) You guys are adorable. (laughs) You're damn right. All right, this is our Halloween episode this year. We just decided to do one instead of like the three that we did last year. See, and... I think this is a Christmas film. Say <laughs> <So> what? <laughs> You've been taking too much cold medication, honey. I'm going to uh, cut you off. <laughs> yeah, let's let's save that argument for when we do Nightmare Before Christmas. At Christmas, yeah. <laughs> And uh, so this year, we I learned, and, and Matthew told me, that Catherine had never seen Hocus Pocus. And no, never. I thought there's absolutely no way we could not do Hocus Pocus if somebody hadn't seen it. Right? Uh, and, and I'm glad you made that decision. Oh, I'm so glad. Because this is, like, when I think of Halloween, this is the movie that I think of. I don't really think of scary movies, horror, or anything. It's, it's Hocus Pocus. Nice. So... Do you guys, like, do Halloween? Do you give candy out? Do you dress up? Did you grow up celebrating Halloween? Well, I think this is one of those things where actually, um, like, the, the culture of Halloween has come to the UK. Because certainly when I was growing up, I was aware of Halloween. But definitely going out and trick-or-treating and getting dressed up was not um, not a common thing. Uh, certainly I was never allowed to. My, the idea of my mum letting me go and ring on strange people's door and ask for candy was just not, not going not gonna to happen. Um, <laughs> but um, we did, I mean, there were certain traditions for All Hallows' Eve. Um, rather than pumpkins, we used to hollow out uh, turnips and put a candle in turnip. Um, okay. which, which is surprisingly a lot harder than hollowing out a pumpkin. <laughs> but, but as time has gone by, Halloween, like nowadays, Halloween does seem to be a much bigger thing for kids in the UK. There seems to be a lot more, um, trick or treating going on. Certainly when we were in, uh, lived more centrally in London, um, there was a lot more trick or treating that happened. Mm. And there's now this rule that you have to put Halloween things in your window and it tells people you're okay to be visited by trick-or-treaters which i didn't know so for years i have bought candy in inverted commas to hand out at halloween and kept it and eaten next no one knocks it turns out i also need to buy the decoration as well okay which which i may or may not do we'll see i quite i quite like some chocolate myself so right yeah i think i think there's a lot of concern amongst um amongst schools and parents around not banging and disturbing people who don't want to be involved in halloween mm. trick-or-treating which is why houses that do want to be involved um now and now are indicating that they want to be involved by putting some halloween decoration on their door that's actually much more proactive than what we do here generally it's if your porch light is on you can knock on the door if your porch light is not on then right. skip the house but yeah. you know what about the people who are out at parties and have just left their porch light on because they know they're going to get home late <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, so it, it's not super reliant, I think. But you guys seem to have it the right way. 
bizarrely for me personally, the first time I really did Halloween was actually when I was in Japan. And that's because oh, okay. um, when I, was, I worked in a community centre in Japan and there seemed to be um, a lot of confusion between English culture and American culture. <laughs> and they mm. basically wanted me to sort of just be some blend of both. And, right. um, and they wanted me to organise them a Halloween party each year, which I did. The kids loved it. It was a great way to get the primary school kids into the community centre. Um, so, so all three years I was working there, I organised a big Halloween um, party investigated what one did at Halloween parties on the internet and then passed it off as my own culture. I'm not quite sure whether that's appropriate or not, but it made my boss very happy. <laughs> so if you did enjoy Halloween in, in, in the past and, and it's become kind of more of something that you've done, why have you never seen Hocus Pocus? I have absolutely no idea. I, I really think if I'd been aware of this film when it came out, it would have been right up my street um, I mean, thinking about the timing, so it came out in 1993. That was just when I was about to take um, my first set of important... Well, it was the, the year I was about to take my first set of important school exams, so I would have been about 15. I'd, I'd, be, I'd have been fully into this film. I just had no idea it existed. I mean, where I live, we don't really we didn't really have an easily accessible cinema. You had to drive to get to the cinema, and my mum doesn't drive, and my dad was at work all the time um so you know i didn't go to the cinema very much um i don't know excuse 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 i didn't know it existed i do now because <laughs> <laughs> okay. we are fully age appropriate for this film yeah I totally think, yeah. totally <laughs> all right well hocus pocus is a 1993 comedy horror fantasy film from disney directed by kenny ortega it starred bet midler sarah jessica parker kathy najimi and a young thora birch it was originally intended to be a Disney Channel original movie, but it caught the attention of Walt Disney Pictures, who thought it could be a major motion picture with a well-known cast. The role of Max was originally offered to Leonardo DiCaprio, who turned it down to film What's Eating Gilbert Grape. While it has gained cult status, it was not well-received at the box office. Critics strongly disliked it. The Miami Herald called it lackluster and declared it was not a must-see movie. The New York Times wrote that the movie had no grip on its story, and Ty Burr of Entertainment Weekly was perhaps the most negative, stating that it was acceptable, scary, silly, kid fodder that adults will find only mildly insulting, unless they're Bette Midler fans, in which case it's depressing as hell. Once the <laughs> film was... <laughs> Don't worry, Entertainment Weekly redeems themselves. Give me a few minutes. Uh -huh. <laughs> Once the film was released on DVD in 2002, it began bringing in more than $1 million in DVD sales each October. An annual broadcast began in the late 90s on ABC and the Disney Channel before switching over to ABC Family, now called Freeform, in the early 2000s. In 2011, it was watched by a record-breaking 2.8 million viewers. And the times have changed. So while EW did write a pretty scathing review in 1993, just last year they wrote... Halloween without Hocus Pocus is like Christmas without Mariah Carey. Unthinkable and unbelievable. What's one without the other? Okay. Which I wholeheartedly agree with. Hmm. Although maybe Mariah Carey is not a, a Christmas staple in the UK either. Unfortunately, she is. When well, I was yeah. in a choir, we'd start practicing her about August. I'd be, I'd be full on into, I don't want a lot for Christmas by now if I was still in that choir. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I say unfortunately, it's a good song. It's only a good. It's, it's just it's a good song if you don't have to listen to it almost every day for four four out of twelve months of the year. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. Catherine, do you want to give us a brief synopsis for this film? 
Um, so some evil witches who are pretty evil. cool and awesome, but they're evil, want to um, live forever young and pretty by stealing the life force of young children. And they are brought into the future by a virgin lighting a candle who has to then got to defeat them with the help of a talking cat. Like you do. Does that, does that work? Or else I can... No, perfect. No, that's perfect. Because <laughs> part of it is, I think, oh, we'll probably get into this, but I think the film wants its synopsis to be about Max. It ain't. This film is about the Sanderson sisters. Yes. The Sanderson sisters. Oh my, I'm going to struggle with that. <laughs> the, Sanderson, the witches. The witches are awesome. All right, so how were you guys able to watch this one? Well, I don't know. Matthew put it on the telly. <laughs> I paid no more attention to that than that. It's available on Sky Cinema. Mm. <laughs> uh, of course it is. Everything's on Sky Cinema. Sky Cinema is pretty cool. It's very useful. Mm. So I was actually shocked that I was not actually able to find this um, streaming on a subscription service right now. But then I realized it's not quite October yet when we're recording this. Um, so it's available to rent on Amazon right now. But I don't know if you guys saw the picture that I shared on our Facebook page and I put it in our outline. It's airing on Freeform at least twice a week in October, plus a whole bunch more times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Freeform a cable channel. It is. It's what okay. used to be the ABC Family Channel. Uh-huh. So they basically run Hocus Pocus. I mean, they're running it all day on Halloween. Like, that's all they're going to show. So oh, nice. there is no reason for people who at least have cable to not be able to see Hocus Pocus in the month of October. Excellent. Mm. Yeah, you completely reminded me. Of course, ABC changed their name to Freeform. And everyone hates it because it's a stupid name. It is a stupid I, I didn't name. I wonder what it was. Yeah. <laughs> But they uh, still have great programming, so uh, it's okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good, good, good. good. Uh, Catherine, so what experience have you had of, like, Kenny Ortega, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, Kathy Najimy? Um, Kenny Ortega, none, or none that I know of. I'm really rubbish at remembering names. Um, Bette Midler, I know mainly as a as a singer. So my my old choir director loved a bit of Met, Bette Midler, so we, we've we've done a lot of Bette Midler songs. Um, I, I am aware of the movie Beaches. That was Bette Midler, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. It's just that I'm not entirely sure if I've seen it or not. It's one of those <laughs> films that that has been quoted and referenced so much that I feel like I've seen it. But to be honest, I can't really remember anything about it, so it might just be that I know the key plot points from other people talking about it. That probably means you haven't seen it, because anybody who's seen it will have a very visceral memory of sobbing, because it's so very sad. I've probably not seen it then. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, Sex in the City, of course. I I, I have vague memories of seeing her in one or other um, fairly lame rom-com. Okay. To be honest, I think this is the best Sarah Jessica Parker I've ever seen. I loved her character in this. Well, I loved her portrayal of that character. As as we'll go on, I had one or two issues with the character mm. itself. But right. I thought this was a much more fun Sarah Jessica Parker than I've seen in many things. Okay. We, we have one other Sarah Jessica Parker on the list. And that, for me, is her best. But she is also playing a d- ditzy California girl. Right. Fair enough. What, what film's that? L.A. Story. Oh, I've not seen that. I've not seen Mm. that. 
um, and the other witch. And this is really harsh because I, I like the other witch. I, I have memories of liking her in all sorts of other things that she, I've seen her in. I can't remember her name. Can't remember what those other things are. I know, I know she is a familiar face to me, but that's about it. Um, her name is Kathy Najimi. She was in Sister Act. I've seen that. Um, and Sister Act 2. I think I've seen that. And she also, just most recently, she's done a lot more than this, but most recently we did Hope Floats on Southern Fried Pop Culture. Uh-huh. And she played the talk show host at the very beginning of that, if you've ever seen that. No, I know I haven't. Um, not, oh, not yet, anyway. <laughs> yeah, she, she has done a bunch of other stuff. She was on a sitcom for a long time in the 90s. I just don't remember what. Well, she's the voice of Peggy Hill in King of the Hill. Oh. The, the wife. Have you ever seen King of the Hill, Mandy? Not really. Okay. It's a series. It might be an interesting one for an SF pop. Like, oh, maybe if you ever cover the significant episodes or something. Set in Texas. But it's Texas, so we're not allowed. <laughs> True. Except we do it anyway, so. Yeah. Catherine, have you had any experience of similar movies to Hocus Pocus? Um, I suppose it depends what you define as similar movies. Because I was trying to think, well, what, what, there's not many things I'd say are exactly the same. But um, I do love, I love a, a sort of a, a bit of crazy silliness. I definitely mm-hmm. love a bit of campy silliness. And I do love me some witches. So mm-hmm. I've seen a variety of films. So, so let's go to the origin of this then. We have Macbeth and we have the Weird Sisters. We have the origin of the sister, the, the witch trio. What's your experience of the witch trio? Uh, okay, so so we're going in a different direction of similar material here. <laughs> I did Macbeth as my uh, book for GCSE English Literature, mm. which basically destroyed any love I would ever have for that film. <laughs> Catherine, write about when there is feelings of for- symbols of foreboding in Macbeth. The bells, the bells tolling. I, I don't know. Sorry, I hate English literature. <laughs> So yes, I have um, a lot of painful experience with Macbeth okay. and the three witches. I love the witches in Terry Pratchett. Love, I quite enjoy the witches of Eastwick. Mm. That's that's a bit more getting closer to the sort of mm. the fun witch, the fun silly witch type material that um, that I think I, I was looking at. And then like all sorts of silly, silly fantasy, magical, mystical stuff. Beetlejuice, Adam's Family, Roald Dahl's The Witches. And then if we're going into some even campier um, films, The Worst Witch. Has anyone seen The Worst Witch? I have mm. seen The Worst Witch. Excellent. Big fan of the books as a child. Yeah, mm. me too. Me, me and my little sister used to love the film of The Worst Witch. I think my sister actually found the DVD of it, and last time I went to stay with her, we watched it. Didn't entirely hold up, but oh, it was still bless. a good giggle yeah. over a bottle of Prosecco. Has that got Tim Curry in it? It has got Tim yeah. Curry in it. <laughs> um, did you know that Netflix has done an adaptation uh, original series of The Worst Witch? Oh, really? Really? They have. I haven't seen it, because it looks... Even campier than the original, Is if that that's possible. possible. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to see it now. <laughs> we'll so I on. know it's on yeah. US Netflix. I don't know if it's on UK Netflix, but since it's a Netflix original, I would assume it would be. Mm. Yeah. You'd expect so. Mm. Okay. So last year um, in October, I got to go see a double feature of Hocus Pocus and Beetlejuice, and that was probably the most fun I've ever had at a movie theater. Oh, that sounds great. Did they do anything sort of around it? Were people there dressed up? Um... A few people were dressed up, not not a ton, but it was still so much fun because they nice. also, it was part of a retro movie series that they do mm. at um, an old 
movie theater that they also do performances and stuff at. Nice. And so they showed the trailers before the movies were the trailers that actually were in 1993. <laughs> were there any, I, uh, any shockers? <laughs> oh, I can't even remember now. I just remember being in awe and feeling like I was in 1993 watching Excellent. a movie. It was It was great. And it was wonderful, especially to watch them back to back. So oh, I Lord, highly recommend you, you couldn't pay that. you couldn't pay me enough to go back to 1993. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sorry. fair. <laughs> just before my GCSEs, before my A levels, before I'd got my braces off. <laughs> no car. No car. No. <laughs> 1998 would be good. That's as far back as I'm willing to go. <laughs> Sorry, I totally digress. Carry on. <laughs> well, I think we all already know the answer to this question, but did you enjoy Hocus Pocus? Overall, absolutely I did. And and, and I think I'd watch it again, happily. It's, uh, mm. yeah, it, it definitely brought a smile to my face. Oh, um, in particular, I love the witches. To, to yes. the extent that I'd have almost been happy to see them succeed and win at the end. <laughs> or at least be brought <laughs> over to a warm, positive, fuzzy sort of friend of friend of the town beetlejuice yeah. type um, right type persona mm. okay um so bet midler has gone on record saying that this is her favorite thing she's ever done in her career yeah, she bet. looked like she yeah. was having fun yeah yeah as, as we were watching it you compared it to tim curry in, yeah. in some of his sort of campy roles and you can see it just yeah. throw yourself into it and and, and do whatever you want mm. yeah it's wonderful and, and she wasn't like she didn't seem to be being precious about oh make me look beautiful mm. you know she was like i am a witch <laughs> and i am going to be a campy powerful witch <laughs> it, was, mm. it was really cool to the extent the bit at the beginning where they're supposed to look really like aged crones or, or much older i don't think they went far enough with it mm. i don't think there's enough difference between when they finally become younger it was interesting because to me only sarah jessica parker was significantly different mm. <laughs> yeah it was like they just gave the other two gray hair yeah, and that's yeah. it. Yeah, bit of prosthetic wrinkles. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe a bit more maybe a bit more makeup after they've sucked the life juice away yeah, from yeah. the look. <laughs> but yeah, definitely very good fun. Oh, good. So then, do you think this movie holds up watching it for the first time as an adult? Uh, yes and no. Um, I don't think it was the movie itself not holding up. I think what it is is the the characterization of the teens, the kids. Mm-hmm. I think would be done a lot better now. So I couldn't help but think the kids were a little bit too dimensional. And in particular, um, I didn't like how they did Alison. Alison mm. was very much, um, well, she, she was, I think both of the, both of the older kids, uh, Max and Alison, mm. I, I feel like I could have picked up any teen actors from, from the period and just flipped them in. There wasn't really much personality, really, to, to each any either of them. They were fairly fairly two dimensional. Thora Birch, I thought, was good. I think of all the children, she had the most um, mm. the most personality and the most sort of zip about her. Are you giving her a pass because of her youth, or do you think she was actually standout? I, I well, standout is probably. I mean, <laughs> Bette Midler was standout. Yeah, true. <laughs> no, I think Thora Birch was less significantly less average okay. than Alison and Max mm-hmm. um, and Alison in particular I think it's just I don't like that whole story of hey this is the prettiest girl in te- school and she's rich and she's so um, aloof and 
uh, she, mm. and, and yet she also seems to have no zip or pep or interesting personality. She's just pretty and she's rich. Oh, and because this guy has a bit of personality, didn't see much mm. of it. Suddenly, she's she's all fat. I, I don't know. It was just it just felt very very two di- the, the, the kid the kids felt a bit two dimensional and and sabi. Mm. And and but but equally, they were in the setting of such a fun concept and a fun film that it didn't detract overall for for me hmm. but given stranger things and 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 more recent like portrayals of how we can see and even the even um, the more recent it film mm-hmm. just seeing how much better um young adults can be portrayed in films hmm. i was just like eh. sorry i'm wittering on now aren't i no no that's absolutely a fair point the the kids in this the the, the actual story that follows along is pretty forgettable I mean, as great as it is to see Doug Jones actually getting a part where he gets to have lines, Yay. you can pretty much erase him from this film. And I don't think it changes. Yeah. It, yeah. it is It is all about the Sanderson sisters and, yes. and the, the shenanigans they get up to, to the extent you could even do the spell is that they will come back in 300 years. And they just come back and go through shenanigans. Mm. Yes, that yeah, would be I- fun. I think the biggest failure of this film is the heavy reliance on the virgin trope with Max having to be a virgin, virgin lighting the candle. I I read somewhere, I couldn't actually find this corroborated anywhere. I only read it in one place, but I've read that this was the first time the word virgin was used in a Disney movie. Mm -hmm. And they said it like 500 times. Yeah. And I don't think it added anything to the story. I think exactly like you said, if it was just... 300 years they come back and they wreak havoc on the town and these kids know it and so they still have to defeat them would have been probably even a better story i I totally agree and and i think it's sort of it plays to that that thing that was was kind of prevalent at the time that if you were a young man in, in in high school and you were a virgin that was seen as something slightly embarrassing mm-hmm. and i think it's got a, that that little sort of you know, it's not overtly snidey going, he's a virgin. Because, quite frankly, he's like 12. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's meant to be emasculating. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm. And and so half of me is like, whatever. It's, it's you know, it's, it's, mm. it's a thing. But half of me, I was a bit like, well, what, why are we making such a big deal about this? Surely anyone lighting the candle at that particular time, or as Matthew said, another 300 years, mm. it could have done the same thing. It doesn't need to be, oh, it's a man virgin. Yeah. And, and and all round, this is probably the problem with the film, if there is anything. It's it's that it treats women and male-female relationships pretty poorly. Yeah, I, I think. Um, yeah, I think it's. I think it's of the time, mm. and I think it's. It was. It was a little jarring to me to see it so normalised in a family Disney film. Mm. Um, yeah. But but then I think that's because it's also over the last probably over the last ten years more than anything. I've become a lot more um, alert to spotting these things. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'd have spotted it at the time at all, but like, Fair. it was quite jarring to me to see um, his little sister tell the girl that he fancied that her brother liked her breasts. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's In fact, a bit weird. Y- Yarbos, Yeah, that's a bit, bit, bit weird. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, and, and the Sarah Jessica Parker character does... Just because she's the younger, prettier witch, does she also have to throw herself to every man that she sees? Mm. It's just, it was a bit like, oh, okay, this is, you know, this is the sort of thing that when we talk about the normalisation of this stuff, mm-hmm. 
clearly it starts young because it's in this otherwise very great family-friendly Disney film. Yeah. But I, I don't know, is it just that this is very much the climate now and now I'm alert to it, I'm seeing it? I think I might say possibly not, except for that bus driver. And it's just, it's so grim. Like, no bus driver would talk to a woman that way. And if they do, they'd need to be sacked very quickly. And then she ends up sat in his lap. And it's just, and, and that's the joke that old men can ogle women and talk about them in this way. Mm, not so sure we should be doing that in a Disney film. Yeah, that was the one that I wanted to bring up. I had forgotten about the bus driver. And mm. whenever he said... And it's purpose? To convey gorgeous creatures such as yourselves to your most forbidden desires. <laughs> well, that's it. We desire... Children. <laughs> hey, that may take me a couple of tries, but I don't think that'd be a problem. I'll point up. I legitimately gasped and I looked at Joseph and I said, I think that's the dirtiest joke I've ever heard in a Disney movie. Mm. Mm. Like, I was flabbergasted. Yeah, that it was in this movie, and and that's the thing. Uh, clearly, at the time, that didn't even raise an eyebrow with anyone. Mm. No, I'm like, I'm sure I laughed hysterically the first time I saw yeah. it. Yeah. Whereas, I hope now that's significantly less likely to be something that would be featured in a Disney family film. You'd we hope. hope. We hope. <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard because I don't want to take away from the fact that. There was so much good stuff in this film. Mm. And yeah. quite frankly, for the 90s, a film that's led by... I mean, she's Bette Midler, so she'd just get <laughs> a, a bit of extra extra kudos anyway. But a film that was led by an older female actor, you know, mm. an older female actor, that's not um, something to be sniffed at. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the film does a lot of good. It, it is very fun. It, it deserves its place as being a Halloween classic. Um, I think it is just right to call this stuff out and say it, it could have done better. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think if if we tried to look at it as a, a literary masterpiece, we <laughs> it doesn't hold up to that, of course. But now, Catherine, talk to me about feelings of foreboding in Hocus Pocus. <laughs> <laughs> it's the black CGI and the candle flame. <laughs> Um, but I, I do think for a piece of just absolute ridiculous campy silliness, this is one of the best. There was some real laugh out loud moments. It was interesting. Like some of the, some of the stuff that, that I, and I just found myself laughing far harder than because like th- th- this sort of film to me is like a sort of a warm comfort blanket kind of a film. Hmm. Yes. And then there were moments that just made me go ah. <laughs> Like like my, like <laughs> like a witch, like a Sanderson sister. <laughs> I want to be a Sanderson sister, but I want to be the friendly one that's just kind of going to hang out and help them bring tourists to the town. Mm. Sorry, I'm just making up my own but, narrative now for my alternative ending. <laughs> yeah, as much fun as it would have been to see them turning good or having good in them or something at the end, Disney does like this sort of villains, but who aren't actually really villainous. Whereas these guys were proper, they were properly villainous, weren't they? Well, no, I, no, I think they are the villains of the piece, but really they could have done much worse than they did. It is, it is very soft and very gentle and the sort of thing you could stage at a Disney park and have them come out and do some songs and some jokes and it's not actually too bad. Yeah, I think the things that they succeeded in doing mm. were not too hideous. Mm. The thing that they intended to do yeah. was properly villainous. Mm. They yeah. just kind of failed. Yeah. I mean, because not, not only did they just want to steal the life force of children, they also wanted to eat children. 
Which is Sometimes. proper dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I'm laughing, but yes, it is. Because <laughs> <laughs> life goals. <laughs> no. I would like a talking cat, though. Mm. That would be cool. Is this before Sabrina the Teenage Witch? Yes. Yeah. And it's just after Buffy the movie. I mean, this is a proper good era for this kind of supernatural stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And again, this is why I don't understand why I never heard of this. I mean, <laughs> I had um, the, the year that Buffy the movie was out. That, mm. That's what I did for my birthday party that year. Five girls, my mum and dad, we went to see Luke Perry. <laughs> and Buffy, of course. <laughs> and Kristen Swanson, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and actually talking of the um, talking cat... We have, of course, seen him before when you've been on this show, Catherine, because he was the voice of Brit- of English dub Haku in Spirited Away. Was he? He was. Oh. The voice of uh, Thackeray Binks. Okay. Yeah, uh, James Marsden did mm. the voice. Okay. There are too many James Marsden's something between the chap from the X-Men and James Marsden's and this guy now. <laughs> no, this guy is the guy from X-Men. Is it? Yes. He's Cyclops in X-Men. He played the prince in Enchanting, Enchantment, whatever Oh, that no, Disney it's Jason is. Marsden. <laughs> oh, crap. So this is Jason right. Marsden. Yeah, no, I got it wrong. This is Jason Marsden, not James Marsden. See, this guy was never going to succeed. There's too many similar <laughs> names. Sorry, Jason. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> okay. I quite like this. Does this mean if I start this time not talk knowledgeably about um, oh you know it's Jay Marsden? <laughs> I, 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 I could blank my way through so many more film conversations. <laughs> Possibly. Now I'm super confused. And and of course, about... Mandy, did you catch we had one other proper Buffy carryover in this as well? I did not. The I, I caught the... Doug Jones. One of the bullies, I think Ice, is Larry. Yeah. No way. Larry from the shower scenes. You are absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. And I thought both of them were really familiar. The other guy, not been in anything. The other guy looked like Chesney Hawks. <laughs> That's why he was familiar. Did you get the pleasure of Chesney Hawks in the States? I, I am the one and only. Does that I sound familiar? So. <laughs> but I'm Look probably not the one to ask. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Do you not think he looked like Jesse Hawks? No, he reminded me of a guy who's been in a number of daft comedy films who was the young, I want to say the young Jim Carrey in the Dumb and Dumber prequel. But I cannot remember the guy's name. and I've not bothered to look him up. But it wasn't him. But he did look like him. I've never even seen Dumb and Dumber. Okay. Don't. Um, good call. <laughs> never, ever. Don't. No. I, I looked at it and I thought, ah, that's not for me. <laughs> you are correct. It's but not for anyone. I, I do want to mention that the one uh, sort of carryover person like another person that I found hard in this. So the director of this directed uh, The Newsboys, which in the States is called The Newsies. Yes. And the main, the, the boy in this, Max, looks and sounds and acts exactly like Christian Bale in Newsies. It's really strange at times. I kept expecting him to break into song. He's got the same sort of floppy hair going on, the same attitude. It's just, did they want Christian Bale? Because it's so similar, it's weird. Did he just watch that film thinking, hey, this is what this guy likes, I'm going to act like that. Oh, interesting. Mm. Yeah. Now that you've said that, I can see it. I've only seen Newsies once, so I'm not super familiar with it. But the hair, the the floppy parted Mm. down the middle hair for sure. 
Hmm. I'm intrigued by this newsies. I've not seen it at all. Would you mm. recommend I watch it? Mm. Yes. It's a musical. <laughs> Excellent. So, so, it, it forgets that it's a musical for half the time. Then occasionally goes, oh, we're supposed to be a musical. Let's do a reprise of an earlier song. <laughs> <laughs> it's still oh. good fun. But one of my favourite musicals, The Slipper and the Rose, is a bit like that. It's like, yeah, we're a film, but we'll just throw some songs in the middle of it. <laughs> I would put Newsies in the kind of Bugsy Malone category. I love Bugsy yeah, Malone. Yeah, so you might want to watch Newsies. Okay. Oh, boy. I've watched it once this year, so I'm not watching it again. Speaking of Kenny Ortega, the mm. other thing that I'm familiar with that he's done that I believe you guys have probably seen is High School Musical. I've never seen it. <gasps> And Matthew keeps telling me I ought to see it. It's just, mm. it's just there's so much other stuff to watch, like all the DS9. <laughs> Every time we go into a secondhand DVD store, that's one of the films I'm looking for. And it, it tells you something about the film that it is never in secondhand shops. Mm. Yeah. Like there, there are films you see and books you see, uh, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, things like that, Fifty Shades, yeah. that you see everywhere. High School Musical, for whatever reason, does not get shown up in secondhand shops. <laughs> and I'm not buying it new. It's not. It's not that good. <laughs> well, I did buy it new at the when it came out. So I have one and two on DVD. Do not have the third one. But they were all on Netflix. If if you've gone to the extent of buying them, that tells me that you you rate them as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, High School Musical three was one of the first two movies I ever went to the movie theater alone to see because I wanted to see it so badly and nobody would go with me. <laughs> was it and... good? Was it still good? Yes. I still love it. I actually, for two and three, I had memorized the soundtracks before I ever saw the movie. And so while I was watching the movie, I could sing along and it was the most wonderful experience. Excellent. I was such a nerd, but I love it. (laughs) You said it, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right. We are veering super off topic of Hocus Pocus, though. So, Catherine, you said a lot of it made you laugh out loud like a Sanderson sister. So tell us what your favorite moments were. There were lots of really good moments. I struggled to actually remember all the different ones that made me, that particularly tickled me. Um, bizarrely, that the confidence and the silliness that they had amongst themselves um, when they were on the gallows, uh, right at the very beginning with, in, their, in their fake Yeldy village, uh, mm-hmm. that, that, that made me laugh, especially them just making themselves laugh with their cat's got my tongue joke. <laughs> I just loved the, I just loved the silliness and, and yeah, the, the confidence and the humour amongst themselves. Um, I really enjoyed the little girls stealing their brooms and then them having to just take whatever they could to fly on um, at that point. The three little girls who are dressed up like the Sanderson sisters yeah. stealing their brooms. Yeah. It's very good. <laughs> yeah, really, really good. Um, I enjoyed... Um, I didn't put this in the outline document, but I really enjoyed them thinking that the road, the tarmac road, was a river. And then like, Sarah Jessica Parker jumping on it, going, oh, it's solid! Oh! It is firm. It is firm, <laughs> yeah. All, all of that sort of Sanderson sisters discover the modern world mm. and encounter the modern world. I, re- I In fact, I'd have quite liked it if the film had played that up more. Mm. I, I really enjoyed that. And I, I enjoyed the fancy dress shenanigans and the fact that they thought that strange old dude dressed as Satan was actually um, their Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when they were like, oh, Satan's married producer. It just really tickled me. <laughs> I did, yeah, that that is a, a completely recurring theme that, that even in, it interacts with the plot a number of times that they believe what they see and what they are told yeah the the the, the water is going to kill them mm. that the sun is coming up 
the people who are who are dressed up are what they appear to be, and I quite like it. I quite like that it's set up as kind of a gag, but then it becomes a recurring beat of, okay, these guys are dumb, and it's going to be used against them. Yeah, they're actually quite innocent. Mm. And like, is it is it because they come of a more innocent time? I, I don't know, or not more innocent time, but is it that, that you know people? People never really got the chance to lie to them before because they were too scared of them to go near them to do anything. Yeah. And so like this whole world where people aren't actually as scared of them and then do lie to them. Mm. Don't know. I, I quite enjoy it for the, the drama of the sisters, particularly Winnie, um, Bette Midler, but I, I feel like the whole thing with them, um, believing that they are about to die is because as a witch, like you were saying with them on the gallows giving a performance, you can't just die you have to be killed and go out with a big moment, a big mm. death sequence. So as soon as they're told they're going to die, it's like, right, I'm in that. Yes. <laughs> the sky is killing me and now I must die here in my place. And <laughs> I'm melting. Exactly. And I, I like that all, all the way through, both their drama. And, yes. and, and, you know, her bit where she thinks that she's going to be killed in the morning is, oh, take me outside so I may say goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of Anna. Yes. The sky is awake, so I'm awake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I cannot believe you just compared Anna to <laughs> Winifred Sanderson. <laughs> <laughs> it's in her future. <laughs> Don't you know that this is, this is frozen? Three, <laughs> the prequel to Hocus Pocus. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Interesting. Uh, dear, what about you, Mandy? What, what makes you laugh out loud in Hocus Pocus? Well, I couldn't just say the whole movie. You know, we kind of have a rule against that. And Matthew kind of enforces it too. So <laughs> I think the, the thing that stood out the most to me this time was Sarah Sanderson and her just absolute obliviousness to the world around her which like, one was sarah all the time sarah jessica parker ah yeah. okay cool um the the blonde one yeah she's mm. completely oblivious to the world around her the whole way through and and it really comes across in the moment where they're hiding um behind the sign for the museum and then winnie starts going off on i don't even know what like we need to make a plan we need to go get them and she's exposition, like exposition exposition <laughs> and, and she just like grabs a spider what a beautiful spider and then she pops it in her mouth <laughs> nice and i'm like wait what and then she's like wait what were you saying because she was so <laughs> enthralled in this spider that she wanted to eat that she had completely um like spaced out on everything when he was saying and and she just did that a lot like when they were in the house after they had captured the bullies, Ice and What's-His-Face, and she's just dangling and spinning off the bottom mm. of one while Winnie is trying to, like, plan things and, yeah. like, make things work so that they can actually not die. Mm. Sarah's just like, eh, whatever, I'm alive right now, it's great. Yeah, all, all about instant gratification, the sort of, the puppy type mm. approach to life. Whatever's in front of me, that's great, and I'll do yes. that. Very much so. It, it it almost feels like the character was not fully formed when written. So they just let her do whatever seemed good in the moment. Like, just mm -hmm. be in the background and be silly. Mm. Uh, I do love when they first capture Thackeray Binks. And she makes comments along the lines of, Hang him on a hook and let me play with him. No! <laughs> <laughs> Bit dark, but mm. yeah. Mm. yeah. I, th I think you said it's very reminiscent of Harley Quinn. Yes. Who I think... 
had only just come on the animated series a year or two before this. So I suspect there might even have been some of that of, oh, that's quite a good character. Mm-hmm. Let's take some of that. Because there is that sort of malevolent innocence. Yeah. yeah no, she was she was very Harley Quinn to me. That sort of kooky, pretty, no morality whatsoever. Mm. That That sort of whatever's fun... Yeah. And in front of her, she'll do, and she's fun and she's silly, but she's got absolutely no morality at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not not committed to being evil and doing dark things, not really caring if she gets caught. It's just about the moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Yeah. I really yeah. like that characterization, though, malevolent innocence. <laughs> you wouldn't think to put those two words together, but that's kind of a perfect descriptor. Mm. She's I a like it. Yeah, very interesting character. We not mentioned the other sister. Mary. That was Mary. her name. Thank you. Um which is interesting. She's very much the the almost the straight man for Winnie. Mm-hmm. So Winnie gets to do stuff, and then she says the the, the sort of Stan and Laurel thing, mm. uh, Lauren Hardy, Stan and Laurel, Stan and Nolly, Lauren Hardy. Um, and I, I feel a little bit sorry for her in that because there are times she does really fun stuff, but there's also times where it's kind of she's the big one and she's a bit obsessed with food. Oh, see, I didn't even notice that. Okay. Mm. Yeah, no, it's interesting because I, I. I I, I, I that didn't mm. I didn't really notice that is as much either. But I do also take what you're saying about her being the sort of the the straight one, the straight mm. man. Yeah. Because yeah, I think I felt she's almost like a prop for the others. Mm. She was like the foil to set off the manicness in in the other two, yeah. or, or the or the strength in the other two. Her funny thing is that her mouth is at a funny angle. Yeah, mm. yeah. I think she was just there to react to Winnie. Mm. Yeah. Really. And, and get a lot more slapstick. I mean, she doesn't get the slapstick like, like we've commented in the past, Mandy, like the slapstick of the big person. Right. Uh, she doesn't get that at least, but she does get hit and pushed around a lot more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's the one who ends up with the vacuum for a broom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's definitely the bottom of the pecking order. Because mm-hmm. I think the Sarah character mm. wouldn't end up at the bottom of the pecking order because she wouldn't notice. She'd be too busy sort of dreamily eating a spider. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> well, and she also had... A, a, perp- a, a larger purpose in the, in the trio of sisters because Sarah's the one who sang the song to get the children to come to them. She, yeah, she's a sedu- sedu- seductive sister. Yeah, in, in various senses. Mm. Yeah, yeah. In fact, that leads me on to something else that I really liked. I really like the musicality of the film, film as a whole. I mean, obviously, the scene where mm-hmm. whether at the party and Bette Midler did the "Let's keep all the parents dancing crazily till dawn" um, spell, mm. and that the, the song was amazing. But when they were doing the spell chanting, mm-hmm. th- there was a real sense of a real sense of rhythm and musicality to that chanting that you don't often see in this sort of films. I think I, yeah, I really I really liked it. Yeah, they also did it not just with their words yeah. but with their bodies. The way that they would mm. march together when they were like yeah, sniffing out something. 
I don't know how long it took them to get that march down so that they weren't tripping <sighs> yeah. all over each other because I don't think I could do it. Did, Especially with those dresses. Sniffing after the children, I'd forgotten about that. I actually found that really sinister at the start. Mm. The whole, uh, sn- I can smell the child. <laughs> 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 I don't know why that struck me as so sinister, but it, I didn't mm. think it was. I, I think the, like you say, the musicality of it and the choreography of it speaks to the fact the director is a choreographer. He did Dirty Dancing and other things. Mm-hmm. He did the choreography for High School Musical and other right. things. So I, I think he even did some of Michael Jackson's like live tour concerts. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so that makes sense. He's clearly very skilled in that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and But you can see it and feel it. The, mm. the chanting they do early on, I, I need to watch it again, but I'm convinced it's the same cadence as the song of Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. Magic Boo. I'm sure they're doing that, but in a in a sort of darker minor key kind of Major way. Major to minor, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Excellent. Because they were good, right? The Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo women. Yes, that's Cinderella, isn't it? Oh yes, 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 yes. yes. Mm. I was about yes. to say because I got Bibbidi Bobbidi Booed when we went to Disney. You did. <laughs> with glitter in your hair. With glitter in my yes. hair. Because <laughs> I'm an adult. Because we're grown ups, yeah. <laughs> hey, Disney is for everybody because it is yeah. the happiest place on earth. There's mm. no age limit. All right. Well, is there anything else that we need to discuss about Hocus Pocus? I think um, I think there's just a couple of points that I noticed. One is that even though it's a live action film, they're still using the traditional colours of evil of Disney in purple and green. Mm hmm. Which which I quite like. Yes. It sort of keeps it consistent with... It's not just Disney, is it? Like, purple and green seem to be the colours of evil across many films. Oh, lime green has been the Disney evil colour since mm. the 1930s, so... Yeah. Mm. But also, like, if you look at the clothing of a lot of the Disney um, villains, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a heck of a lot of purple in there. Ursula's got some great yeah. purple. Well, that's all Jafar. It's yeah. all the chap from princess and the frog whose name i can't remember i only remember Tiana. Good. yeah <laughs> <laughs> almost there um <laughs> um what else <laughs> this is just a minor irritation this is okay i have a personal hatred of any cafe that calls itself ye olde coffee shoppy because i really loathe anything that sort of goes oh i need to make it sound um, old-fashioned I'm just going to go add a whole load of extra ease on the end of the mm. words. And, and I'm afraid this film on a couple of occasions when they were deciding that, oh, I, I need to remember to make these people sound from olden times, they'd just throw a random the or thou into yeah. a sentence and it wasn't even all that consistent. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, seriously, one or the other, or preferably, preferably no these and thous and ye olde mm. Englishy whilst they drink at the coffee shop. Right. <laughs> <laughs> ye olde Starbucks ye olde Starbucks <laughs> ye, ye olde cafe oh. latte with ye extra shotty <laughs> I don't know <laughs> sorry but, but, but I think that's just because it's my personal bugbear that it's mm. that it stuck out to me yeah. right okay I noticed it but it's such a like a tropey thing that, that lots of people do it's not just Disney who does this um, obviously if it's something that can be that irritating to you and so to me it was just uh it's more people just kind of doing that silly it's thing possibly because i went to university in, in an old cathedral city 
which had a lot of ye olde touristies yeah. who liked to go to ye olde coffee shoppies. So I think those years at university like really did for me with the whole ah <laughs> oh, let's let's fake a bit of old fashionedness to try and extract some more money from people. Mm. Okay, so for the last twenty five years, there has been speculation of a hocus pocus sequel. Which I think the movie kind of left opportunity for a sequel mm, with the book's eye yeah. opening at I'm the end. I'm surprised they did do one. And it's smart for it to it. And like Bette Midler has said she'd be on board. Sarah Jessica Parker has said she'd be on board. Like They're all excited about this and, and they would mm. be willing to do it. Um, unfortunately, Disney decided to go a different route. And I think last year they released a Hocus Pocus 2 like, book mm-hmm. format okay. thing um, that takes place like... 30 years later or something i don't i don't know anything about it but they did do that and then last year they announced that instead of doing a sequel they are going to do a remake of hocus pocus for the disney channel and bet midler is annoyed and decided she didn't want to have anything surprised yeah i'm so disappointed yeah i mean i i i um i don't know i mean i obviously uh, this doesn't have the same place in my heart as it has in yours i've just watched it for the first time um but i don't i think remakes are, are a little bit of a remake of something that's so well loved mm. it's a bit dangerous isn't it I, like we we, yeah. we were very excited about the idea of the remake of the rocky horror show mm-hmm. and yet it's like it was it was a bit like a paint by numbers version they were following the right framework mm-hmm. but all the soul had gone out of it yeah do you know who was the director for the remake of the rocky horror show yeah kenny ortega oh was it yeah oh oh kenny and and choreographer and we couldn't fault the dancing no. performances generally, but it is also awful. <laughs> yeah, it was just so plastic. Mm. Paint, paint by numbers version. There was yeah, no, absolutely. there was no rawness, no freshness. So yeah, I, I have, um, I have concern for it. Although, if they, you know, it, it would be nice to see Bette Midler back. But I mean, if they gave some good, strong performances as witches, and they wrote the kids better, mm. could be fun. And and like we've said, there is scope for changing this up a bit to actually improve it more songs so yeah uh, yeah doing it as a full musical doing it as a different version of the story where it's not them being brought back through someone else's machinations it's their own and she meant for it to be 30 years and it's now 300 and Mm. something like that i can see that there is the scope because i mean we are the age that would have been around if i if i didn't know it existed for this (laughs) film yeah i think um kids now are not necessarily going to go to this film, but they might go to a new version thereof. Mm. So it could be. <laughs> Given this is a live-action Disney film from the golden era of Disney, could we now have an animated version of this in the same way we're getting live-actions of the <laughs> golden age animated? <laughs> <laughs> could be fun. Oh, that would yeah. be interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, so I guess it could go either way. Do you, do you know, is it in production? Has it got a release date? No, they just announced right. it in 2017, so I don't think they've done much right. on it at all. Um, but I'll be keeping a watch for mm. it because as disappointed as I am that it's not a proper sequel with the Sanderson sisters, I love it so mm. much that I want to see what they're going to do with it. Yeah. yeah. I so. get that. Hocus Pocus, the next generation. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, in fact, talking about Hocus Pocus Generations, did you see the thing about Sarah Jessica Parker's 10 times removed great-grandmother? No. You, you know the series, Who Do You Think You Are? Yeah, yes. She went on that 
10, 15 years after this. And they found, in inverted commas, I don't know how, um, that her great-grandmother, great-grandmother 10 generations back, was um, accused of being a witch in Salem. And it was taken to court, but she was released. And it was pretty much the last time it happened. She was the last person accused before the Salem witch trials ended. Wow. Yeah. Really cool. <laughs> Huh. Interesting. That is one of those things that makes me think they research who do you think they are before they have the actual celebrity on or before they reach out to the celebrities. And if they research a lot of people Possibly, and go, yeah, boy. Yeah. I, I'm sure they, they want must. it to be a I'm good sure Because as you say, if, if you go, oh, we can't find anything. Hey, <laughs> let's fill 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> if it sells ads. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if you would like to join the conversation, you can use the hashtag PC Deprived on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Eloquent Gushing. You can email us at podcast at eloquentgushing.com, or you can leave us a voice message at speakpipe.com slash eloquentgushing. You can find us all on Twitter. I'm at Mandy Kay. And I'm at Matthew Rose. Catherine, thank you so much for joining us. It was lovely having you on a podcast. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Uh, where can people find you and your podcasts? On Eloquent Gushing, of oh. course. <laughs> yes, you can find me along with Mandy and Matthew on the Eloquent Gushing Network. So I co-host Worth the Calories with Matthew, and I very much enjoy tasting all the baking that he does. <laughs> um, and we are, I'm also one half of the Across the Arrowverse um, podcast with Matthew. And hopefully we'll be having some uh, new Across the Arrowverse episodes very soon. Yes, everything's about to be about to restart, so yes. we'll be back on the Supergirl Legends Flash Arrow trip. Supergirl's Legends Flash. <laughs> Yay! Yay, Arrow. Arrow. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Pop Culturally Deprived is 100% funded by listeners like you through Patreon. Anything you can give, even $1 a month, gives access to exclusive content and helps us to develop new shows and support the network. To find out more, go to patreon.com slash gushing. And don't forget to visit the homepage, eloquentgushing.com, where you can find the rest of our shows and subscribe to our weekly newsletter. We'll be back next week with another episode where we'll talk about Snow White and the Seven Dwarves. Until next time, I'm Mandy Kay. And bonjour. Je vous mon livre. So I'd like to make a suggestion. Go on. Perhaps your Patreon listeners can can like um, ask for Matthew to record things in his sexy husky voice. <laughs> <laughs> they could play them. You could then loop them. Loop it as a sort of uh, as a nice low pitched um, sort of you know relaxation tape. I'm going to stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> Pop Culturally Deprived is an Eloquent Gushing production. For more information, please visit eloquentgushing.com.